Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're continuing our study on Christ our Healer. Once again, that's Christ our Healer, and I've really enjoyed this study. Uh, as we've been going through this and really looking at it, we, we've really been able to look at a lot of the character of God who God is and what he promises that he will do. And we know that God doesn't change and that his promises remain the same. Uh, they, they always come through those promises. He is never, uh, he, he is never one who uh, doesn't come through in his promises. He doesn't write rubber checks. They don't bounce. He, he always just comes through with his promises. He's faithful. And I love that. And of course, I love looking at this, uh, this, these promises of healing and how healing's part of God's character. And this is because, you know, this is a need that a lot of people have in their life. A lot of people are struggling with illness. They're struggling with sickness. They're just struggling with their health in general. And God has come and he said, look, I, I don't want you to be in that state. I don't want you to be defeated by the effects of sin, but I want you to be an overcomer more than an overcomer, in fact. And today, we're going to really be getting into Christ being our healer. Christ being our healer, and we're going to make the connection between healing and the Great Commission. Healing and the Great Commission. And this is this is one of those things that is incredibly important. It's one of those things that it was incredibly impactful in my life when I saw this. I, I remember the day uh, going through in my devotions and realizing the truth that I'm going to point out here in this devotional. And it was one of those that it really revolutionized um, my thinking on, on Scripture. It was, it was a paradigm shift here uh, because it's, it's one of those things that we often just think of uh, the Great Commission as simply just, you know, go preach the gospel, right? If I was going to go and just say that, it's it's just go and preach the gospel. Now, the gospel, of course, is a central thing when it comes to the Great Commission, but there's an aspect of the Great Commission that we often do not think about. Maybe you think of the Great Commission, maybe you're saying, well, it's not just preach the gospel, it's going and making disciples. I would agree with you on that, uh, that you should go and make disciples of every nation and, and all of that, but there's another component here that is incredibly important, and we're going to be looking at that here this morning. But let's get into this. Let's read Matthew chapter 28 for our scripture reading here this morning. And it says this in Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began uh, at dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven, and he came, and he rolled back the stone from the door, and he sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him, and they became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the woman, women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said, come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and with great joy, and they ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came, and they held him by the feet, and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said unto them, do not be afraid. 
Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now, while they were going, behold, some of the guard came and into the city, and they reported to the chief priests all that had happened when they had assembled with the elders, and they consulted together, and they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them, his disciples came at night and stole away him, and stole away, uh, stole him away, excuse me, while he slept, while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and they did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the 11 disciples went away to Galilee, to the mountain, which uh, Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, when we look at this, this is the Great Commission. Of course, it starts here with Jesus being in the tomb, and of course, the resurrection that happens here, the whole soldiers thing. I, I kind of love this, first of all, that the angel comes up, he sits on the the, the stone, and then the uh, soldiers fall down as dead, you know, and, and that whole thing, and the, the whole paying off the soldiers uh, to, to go into lie. I mean, that's, that, that's all right here in the story. This is all themed around the resurrection. But then at the end of this, we see the Great Commission. And it starts here in verse 18, and it says, And Jesus came and he spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Now, this is incredibly important to understand. The reason we are to go and make disciples is dependent on something. The Great Commission, the commission which you have received, the commission to go and to make disciples, to teach them and to baptize them, and, and, and we, we, you know, we see this, it's dependent on something, and it is dependent on the authority of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're reading the King James, of course, it says, all power is given unto me, but this is incredibly important to understand. Our great commission, the commission that we have to make disciples. So therefore, the, the, the legal authority that we have, the authority that we have to go and to make disciples, no matter what a king would say, if a king says, don't make disciples, you have the authority because the king of kings has said, go and make disciples. But the authority that we have is not based on us. It's not based on your skill. It's not based on your ability. It's not based on your gifting. It's not based on um, any of those things. It's, it's not even based on being right and doing the right thing. It is based on this. Jesus has been given all authority. Now, that's incredible to stop and to think about. Wow. Jesus is the ultimate authority. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. And he directly comes to you and tells you, I have a job for you to do. Go and make disciples. Wow, that's really cool. But you know, that's not the truth that really changed the paradigm for me. It was when I asked this question. Jesus says he has all authority now. Well, what authority did he have before this? 
What authority did he have before this? And you know, if we were to go and to look at the authority of Jesus Christ, what all he did, well, we would see that he had authority over devils. We would see that he had authority over the weather. We would see that he had a, a authority to do miracles. We would see that he had authority, of course, for healing. Like, just look at a few of these passages here. In Mark 1, 29 through 31, Jesus heals Peter's, Peter's mother-in-law. In, -in -law. in uh, Mark 1, 32 through 34, it says that many that Jesus healed many people. In Mark 1, 40 through 45, once again here, we see that Jesus heals a leper. That's just Mark chapter 1. In Matthew chapter 4, we see that Jesus healed many with disease and sickness. In Mark 4, 24, we see that Jesus healed many who were afflicted with disease and they were tormented. In uh, Luke 4, 38 through 39, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Again, we see that story again repeated. Uh, in Luke 4, 40, we see, once again, he healed many. In John 4, 49 through 53, we see that Jesus heals a nobleman's son. In Matthew 8, it's Jesus heals a leper. In Matthew 8, 5 through uh, 13, it's Jesus heals a paralytic. Um, in Matthew 8, 16, it's that Jesus heals many once again. In Luke 5, 12 through 14, we see that Jesus heals a leper. In uh, 5, 15 of Luke chapter, uh, in Luke chapter 5, verse 15, Jesus heals many. In Luke 5, 17 through 26, he heals a paralytic man. Uh, I mean, we could go on and on and on and on, but Jesus, all throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he is going around and he is healing people. There is nothing that you could say that could convince me that Jesus, when he walked on this earth before Matthew chapter 28, before he has this uh, the resurrection, and now he's saying, all powers given unto me, therefore go. Before this, he goes and he says, or he goes and he shows that he has authority over sickness over disease, and, and he has the power and the authority to give health. Now, if you don't believe in healing today, if you're one of those who says, look, I'm, I'm not going to believe in healing. You know, there was a time for that. Um, I believe that Jesus healed people, and I believe that there was some apostolic healing and stuff like that. But you're going and saying, look, I don't believe in healing for today. There's people who believe that. But it's absolutely crazy to put it in context with the Great Commission. In fact, let me put it this way. You cannot consistently hold that position and believe that the Great Commission is for today. You can't. It's impossible because Jesus says, all authority is given unto me. All authority. I have authority to do all these things. Therefore, go. This is by obvious implication. It's right there. It's obvious. You can't deny it. When he says, all authority is given unto me, it means he has more authority now than what he had before, or at least the same amount. He doesn't have less, though. That's one thing that we know. And today, if you do not believe in healing, what are you saying? You're saying that Jesus has less authority today than he did before he said, all authority is given unto me. That means you believe Jesus is a liar. That's what it means. There's no getting around it. He has authority over sickness. He has authority over disease. He has authority over illness, which means a few different things. One, 
just because Jesus has authority over it, it means you should go to Jesus. It means you should agree with Jesus. It means that all of the principles we've been looking at in the Word of God, if you want to go and to have uh, and overcome the sickness, the disease, the illness, if you want to be healed, go to Jesus. He has authority over it. But also, I want to look at this in light of the Great Commission. Because this is a Great Commission passage, right? All authority is given unto me, therefore go. Therefore go. Because Jesus has all of this authority, and he is going and commissioning us to go, it means in order to really participate rightly, biblically, the way that God designed the Great Commission, it means that we have to walk in healing. It means that we should be bringing healing with us into the Great Commission and other things as well. Jesus cast out demons. We should be able, if you're walking in the Great Commission, you should be casting out demons. You have authority over demons because you're walking in the authority that Jesus gave you. It, it, Jesus goes and says, you're, you're an ambassador. Well, Paul says, you're an ambassador of Christ. An ambassador is one who is representing the dignitary, right? The, or, or, or the king. It's a dignitary who's representing the king there. You're the one who's representing the king of kings. It means that when you walk there, you walk in the authority that he has delegated to you. Here in the Great Commission, especially if we were to go and to look at the sister passage over here in Mark chapter 16, we would go and see that it's very obvious that Jesus is giving us authority through his authority. And that's why he's saying, go make disciples. And here's tools that you're going to have to go help make disciples disciples. Here's the job. Here's the authority that you have. Now go walk in it. So renew your faith. Renew your faith and healing in turn to the authority of Jesus Christ. You might need to tell your sickness. You might need to tell your disease. You might need to tell your illness, hey, I serve the King of Kings. He has commissioned me and he says he has authority over you. You might need to tell it that. Why? Because it's true. Because it's true. You need to walk inside the authority of Jesus Christ, which also brings up one more implication here that's really important. And that is you can't walk inside the authority of someone while rebelling against them at the same time. That means you need to be walking with Jesus. And when you're walking with Jesus, the one who has authority over everything, all authority is given unto him. That includes authority over sickness because he had it before. That was obvious. He heals all these people. Do you want me to go back and continue reading the references of all the times he healed people? Because I could go and do that. But I think he got the point. You need to walk with Jesus Christ in your life. And when you walk with Jesus Christ, he has authority over that sickness over that illness, over that disease, and he can and is willing, because he is gracious, to heal you. So today, walk with the one who has authority. Walk inside that Great Commission. Partner with that Great Commission and understand why you are to go is because of the authority that Jesus has. And part of that authority is over sickness. 
Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Something